I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nice. And today we're going to be talking about Team Ineos, having a quick review of what they did in 2020, reviewing their transfers in and out, as well as our preview for who they should be taking to the Grand Tours and the Monuments in 2021. I already am forgetting that we're in 2021. I still think we're in 2020 for some reason. Benji's tried to start a war between me and Ireland on Twitter. Go and check that out if you're interested to see what he posted, unbeknownst to me. But Benji, what do you make of Ineos next year? Just your, your 10 second or your, if someone had to put you on the spot for 15 seconds, what would you say about Ineos in 2021? What would you expect from them? They're going to try and take revenge in the Tour de France. That's something they need to do after 2020. They have a team with more GC leaders, which might make it harder regarding choosing the actual leader. But I think that despite having so much experience in the GC riders as well, that one of the riders that might go for the GC that we didn't see at his ultimate peak in 2020, Sivakov might actually be the rider that I expect the most of. So their transfers going into 2021, Chris Froome most notably, we've spoken about this, everyone's spoken about this, he's gone over to Israel Startup Nation. I don't think it's strange to say for a guy that's won all those Grand Tours and races and done everything he has done for Skinnyos, I don't think Ineos are going to miss him, and I don't think Ineos are concerned that Froome's gone over to ISU. Otherwise, they would have re-signed him. And so far, their decision not to re-sign him is looking like a good one so far. And the three others that left Ineos uh, were retirement. So Kirienka and Christian Nice, the German, they retired uh, probably when they wanted to retire at the end of their careers. But also Ian Stannard uh, retired uh, early, I would say, his early 30s. I think he st- would have still preferred to have ridden for a few more years, but he had like chronic arthritis, I think, in his knees or something. The same thing uh, Jack Bobridge had, actually, and that caused him to retire early. So that's very painful, and, and it was a shame to see Stannard leave the sport. Um, I would have loved to have seen him in an early season, wet and windy classic when he was like 37 or something. Chris Lawless has also moved over to Team Total Direct Energy, but I'm not sure that will phase Ineos too much. The big news for transfers were the riders coming in, and it's crazy because they're all so similar in style and in level in my mind, and they are Richie Port, Adam Yates, Danny Martinez, and Lawrence Deplus all coming over from... I guess. Well, Martinez is younger. Deplus is younger. They're both in their early 20s. Adam Yates is a bit older. And then Port is older again. I think he's 34 or 35. They're the four riders I'm bundling into the same category. And then there's Thomas Pidcock, the big unknown, coming across from CX and winning Baby Giro, signed to Ineos. And I think he's still going to be able to ride CX for them. But those transfers, Benji, which of those four riders, or let's go through them one by one, 
what do we think and how do we think Ineos are going to use those guys? I think that the five riders itself have a bit of a difference between them regarding age, obviously. Pitcock is a much younger guy, has not proven himself on the top level of road cycling. He has in cyclocross recently, being uh, one of the top three riders in there decently. So uh, congratulations on that. On the road, he has not achieved that peak yet outside of the uh, U23 Giro. And um, he I did think set a hot time on that, Motorola, though. Yeah, he, lo- he looks despite good. all that, despite him being the younger guy and living more of the potential, somehow him and Martinez are the ones I trust the most of these transfers. And really? the reason for that is you've got the plus who has been struggling with an injury for the entire season in 2020. I don't know where he is when it comes to his level. I don't know where he can be in 2021 when it comes to his level. He could be back at 2019 level, on which he was one of the stronger super domestiques at the Tour de France, helping out the Correct. likes of uh, Kreiswijk on Valtteri and such. And, and is if you look at... Yep, correct. Adam Yates, I don't know what to expect from him. I really don't know. I don't feel like he's up there to lead a Grand Tour. And uh, perhaps that might make a few UK people sad, but I just don't see it. And therefore, I think that he's going to end up more in a in a domestique role, but it just feels weird having a Yates in a domestique role. I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't doesn't work like that in my mind for some reason. And then you've got Richie Port, which is perhaps the one with the most experience regarding actual domestiquing in the past for Ineos Sky back in the days. And he was planning to be a super domestique the moment he signed last year for Ineos this year. But since then, he got a podium at the Tour de France. So does that change things? I think you're going to say yes. I don't know. I think that despite all that, he might still be uh, mainly in a role that is going to be a domestique for a for another leader in the team because he's one of the older guys. He's one of the more experienced guys. But I think that we're going to see the younger riders again take over that tiny bit more like the last few years and are going to step forward in Ineos as well. I've said it before, Sivakov is the guy I've got my eyes on in, in Ineos in 2021. And it's not because I'm a Sivakov fan, it's because I feel like he has untapped potential in, in 2020. And um, Martinez, one of the riders I haven't spoken about yet, he's a, a bit of a wild card for me because he was great at Dauphiné regarding a GC. He obviously won that eventually after a uh, crash with a few of the actual um, all-out favorites like Roglic. I think that this, if that crash didn't happen and if they all finished the race, Roglic would have likely have won the Dauphiné, but you never know. You can't really 100% say that, but it's more likely than Martinez taking over on that final monstrous stage that we saw. But outside of that, he's got the heart of a warrior. He's uh, he's an awesome rider to watch. He crashed and I hope a lot. a lot of him. He crashed a lot, that's true. But it's it's kind of hard to judge it on one year, though, because I feel like there's lots of riders that crashed quite a few times in one year, but then for the rest of their career are pretty uh, pretty secure on that because Martinez's crashes might have been just bad luck. It's not like he's had five years in a row where he crashed in every single race. So I think we can give him the benefit of the doubt on that for now. So Adam Yates, 28 years old. He's going to turn 29 mid-season. He's come second in the Dauphiné. He's come second in Torreno in 2019, fourth in the Tour de France in 2016. 
He won the UAE tour this year uh, in 2020, way back before COVID was even a thing. He won the UAE tour. It was a thing actually, but it just hadn't changed our <laughs> lives yet. He dropped Pagacha and put a minute into Pagacha and Lutsenko up Jubel Hafid. And he won that stage. I remember that stage well. And he won GC overall at UAE Tour. Then he went to the Dauphiné. And this is like the story of the eighth's career, right? It's these really high peaks. And you're like, wow, this guy, he's dropping the best climbers in the world and putting time into them. Dauphiné, anonymous. Then Tour de France, stage two in Nice. He goes clear with Hirschi and Alaphilippe. And then he took the yellow jersey for, I think, four stages. Yeah, four stages. But, and then ended up coming ninth on GC. So I don't know. Maybe Ineos think he's got some untapped potential. I'm not sure with the time trialing. Um, I, I haven't really looked into his time trialing, if I'm honest. Um, but, yeah, he's got that fourth on GC in, in the Tour de France in 2016, back when he was 24 years old. That was, I guess, behind Quintana and Bardet. I still wouldn't be putting, like you, Benji, I wouldn't be putting my eggs in the Adam Yates basket for the Tour de France unless he showed overwhelming dominance. I mean, the problem with him is he could go and, he could go out and win like Paranis. He could go and win Catalonia or Dauphiné or Terreno. He could win that sort of like Yates, correct me if I'm wrong, so his brother won Terreno this year or 2020, and then you you put all your eggs in the basket for him in the Tour de France, and he just doesn't even come like top five or something. So Yates, I would be using as a, as a super domestique in the Tour de France. We'll pick that team for Ineos later. Martinez, kind of the same, hasn't shown the consistency, particularly in a three-week stage race. Can't be going in with him, but I would be using him as a domestique. Richie Port, I would use as a co-captain because he's just so experienced. He showed his best ever level, I think, last year. And if he keeps keeps that level and with the additional time trialing, I was pretty impressed with his time trial, actually. I mean, yeah, it came third or something, uh, same time as Dumoulin in the Planche de Belfi time trial and did a, it was like 12, 15 seconds behind Pogaccio on the climb itself in that TT. De Plus, I mean, you're, you know probably more than this, but yeah, Benji, it's impossible. It's been really conflicting information about yeah. what's happened with him. He, he's good. When's he going to be riding? Oh, he's not riding at all for this year. Was it, was it weird? Like, was there some sort of uh, were people kind of actually expecting him to be riding last year, and then it just didn't happen? Yeah, because um, he just kept getting delayed and postponed and postponed. And you got to keep in mind that. People start thinking things, and the fact that his transfer was already announced, people started pulling the card of, well, they're perhaps punishing him for transferring, which is something that uh, quite a few teams have done. I think Caleb Yoon wasn't sent to the Tour de France in the past because of that. But um, I don't fully remember that story, but that's definitely a thing that happens in cycling while being a bit of a taboo, of course, because they're obviously not going to say that they're doing it because of that. Now... His injury was actually a, a thing that existed, and um, he um, struggled with that a lot. He came back in the Belgian National Championships and just w- wasn't there. He was like one of the um, earlier people to drop from the uh, elite group, and he should be able to hold on for much longer in a decent form. You know, in a decent form. I'm not saying at top form. At top form, he would have been able to compete for the race, but 
in a decent form. He should be able to be up there at least. And yeah, he's not like near. Bank, right? Like he's not just yep. a climber. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was also not the the top field that was there at the Belgian Championships. So yeah, it just wasn't a good year, and it wasn't really that illogical after all these struggles with injuries. So. I give him a benefit of the doubt for the 2021 season, but I also wouldn't put my eggs in his basket, knowing that, knowing that it's so unclear what his form is going to be once he gets to the races and such. I'm going to go out on a limb, and also, I mean, it's not a limb. It's not a limb. They're the, they got the highest salary <laughs> in in all of cycling, but on paper, Ineos don't have a clear leader for any of the Grand Tours unless they send, say. Bernal, if he comes back from his injury, they send him to the Giro. Obviously, then he's clear leader. But on paper, they have the least clarity about who is their GC leader for the Tour de France, I think, since almost maybe Wiggins and Froome back in the day. And then it was still Wiggins on paper. But if throughout their roster, which is littered with question marks, which I'm going to go through in a second, if all those riders actually go back to the level that they've shown previously or if they're younger, actually reach their potential, then 2021 could be the most dominant season for Ineos in their history, winning multiple one-week races, winning at least two Grand Tours is possible for them and I kind of almost expect from them actually. So let's run through some of the question marks. I'm going to do a, a quick fire and then Benji just interject whenever you can. Andre Amador, great domestique, but he's 34 years old. Is he going to have that same level next year? Egan Bernal, for a team with marginal gains as their philosophy, bit unusual that for their star Tour de France winner, they didn't realize that he had a sort of a, an asymmetry with his legs and he ended up developing scoliosis, in his words, back in October last year. And is he going to be, I mean, he's back training those apocalypse rides 35 hours a week. He's not on the Tim Kerrison program. Is Bernal going to be back to sort of 2018, 2019 level or is he going to have further issues in 2021 or is he going to be re- recovering? Carapaz, the only rider with no que- without any question marks. El Hagua de Tulcan. Castroviejo, also 33. Lawrence Plus, 25, but coming off that injury. Rowan Dennis, is he going to be too, is he going to be focusing justifiably on the Olympics bid and not going to be able to help out in a lot of the races or are they going to try and use him as a GC rider? Eddie Dunbar coming off an injury uh, as well last year. Filippo Ganna, sorry, there are no question marks with Ganna. Tao Gagenhart, was it all a mirage at the Giro last year or is he actually the real thing and should be vying for Tour de France leadership? Sebastian Enau, he hasn't didn't show too much, I don't think, last week. Kwiatkowski, he's in talks for extensions, but is he really going to be able to compete in a lot of the classics races and monuments and actually win a monument, which you would pick up here and there like you would for Ineos in 2017 or 18 or those days past him. Danny Martinez, can he show that consistency? Moss gone, re-signed very quietly for another one-year extension, 26 years old. I mean, no one likes him really because he doesn't seem to be a nice guy, but you've got to accept that the guy is, is crazy talented Otherwise, Ineos, he wouldn't be on their roster, right? So he's very versatile. Can he get back to his previous 2018 form? Pidcock, what can he show 21 years old? Port, is he just going to be a domestique 
or is he going to actually be a GC leader despite what he's been saying? Puccio, 31, he's probably going to be consistent. Brandon Rivera and Ivan Sosa, very disappointing welter of Spaniards. They need to step up next year for, as a domestiques in the mountains in one of the Grand Tours and probably some one-week races. They need to be counted upon. Are they going to get back to the level that they've – well, at least Sosa's shown previously. Luke Rowe, solid as a rock. He's going to be on the Tour de France team. No question marks for him ever. Carlos Rodriguez, 19, Spaniard. Is he going to improve when he gets into his 20th year? He doesn't really have to, to be honest. Sivakov, injuries through crashes last year. Is he actually their best GC candidate? Is his time trial too much of an issue? Grant Thomas, 34, turning 35 by the Tour de France next year. It's quite old for a GC leader. And the crashes, etc. Is he really able to climb with the big boys, Pagasha and Roglic, or is his TT ability able to make up for it? Dylan Van Baal, 28 years old, no question marks for him. And Adam Yates, how will he integrate? What's his GC? Is he going to be domestique? Is he going to be consistent enough? Who knows how any of us will use him? Anything you'd like? That was a long list. Sorry, Benji. I've been I've had that in my on my mind for a long time. Anything you'd like to add to them or disagree with me about? I agree with everything except for one thing, and that's potentially Sivakov's ITT skills, because in 2020 we didn't see any, because, uh, well, he crashed every time. So uh, that's a bit of a bummer. In 2019, he was able to get top 10s and dump trials and such, so uh, I trust him to be able to do well in that. Top 20 and Giro time trials and such as well, and that was not even a, a good Giro for him, because, well, I think he also had um, something happen during the race there, so... In the end, he got ninth in that Giro, but also top 24, top 20 in time trial. So I I don't really feel any scare towards his time trial capabilities towards other GC riders. And I think it's only better than in 2019 for sure. So yeah, I think that last year he was the strongest together with Bernal, of course, at the Dauphiné. Um, Bernal had a weak moment at one of the mountain stages, I think it was Grand Colombier. And on that same mountain stage, Sivakov just left him and, and went for his own in the last kilometer. And that was probably something they agreed on because Bernal said afterwards that they did. And to me, that if was they a moment it afterwards, that I, it must be true, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a moment that I won't necessarily forget with Sivakov. He crashed on stage one of the tour, which was a bummer because, um, yeah, I expected much of him that Tour de France. And, and stage five of the Dauphiné, following Alphalete. Yeah, as well. He crashed another two times in that first stage as well, I think, yes. of the tour. So it didn't really go too well that Tour de France for him, but he stayed in the race. He slowly but surely crept his way up from Lantern Rouge to not Lantern Rouge. So uh, that was good for him. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the last spot in GC. <laughs> anyway that's uh my take on Sivakov as well but you're right there's so many question marks in the team that it's unsure to know who's going to be the leader for next year for this year oh but, my god but if all those riders if 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 just 50 percent of them hit their peak any yeah. also going to be incredibly strong once again they were still all the people talking about the demise of Ineos in 2020, talking about how Ineos, oh, they've really taken a step back. I mean, that's that's ludicrous. Just, I'm not looking at, I, by the way, we're always looking at pro cycling stats for the info, but without looking at PCS off the top of my head, what they won, like five Giro stages or more, 
They won the Giro with Geraint Thomas crashing out. Tour de France was disappointing, but then they went stage hunting, got that stage win with Kwiatkowski and Carapaz looked strong the whole time. Do they win anything else? I feel like they uh, – oh, Ghana. Ghana was a complete revelation um, in terms of, yes, we knew he was a good – like a top five time trialist, but then he stepped up to being just outrageously good. Giro, sorry, they won They won like six or seven stages. It's crazy. They won Welterberg off stage five where, again, Sosa was disappointing in the crosswinds. Probably not the world tour wins they were expecting and definitely I think people are right in saying they took a step back in certainly the classics and the monuments. Uh, I mean, they – Van Baal was kind of their man for Tour of Flanders. They, they do, without Stannard and co, they have taken a step back in that respect. You know, you know who I'm really excited about on their team and I wish they'd taken him to the, to the Vuelta where I think he would have got multiple top three stage wins? Ethan Hayter, 22 years old, British rider. He's a climby sprinter. He already got a win at Giro de Lapanino. I think that was around with Fabio Fellini who did pretty well in a Vuelta stage two. Giro de Della Toscana, he came third as well. Top 10 in Coppa Sabatini, good at Sedimana Internazionale, Coppa Ibartoli. He, and second in Memorial Marco Pantani. Sorry, I think that was the one that was behind Fellini. He is a good one-day racer for the future, Ethan Hayter. So mark him down in your little black books. I'd love to see him in a Grand Tour breakaway. He'd be very dangerous and he's very young as well. Might not be the Tour because they can't afford the spots, well, let's talk about now, Benji, their, what team they take to various races, starting with the we'll, – we'll combine them together. So the cobbled classics, let's, let's bundle it all together because they, they generally all go to the same race. Remembering, by the way, this is an Olympics year, which affects two of their riders majorly, Dennis and Ganna. But Omloop, Ronde van Vlaanderen, who are they sending – Benji to those races, Kent and Vavelham. Who's on the who's on the team list? We'll kind of do this combined, but you start me off. I'd like you say, go for Dylan Van Barle as one of the leaders again in that squad. And I think that Luke Rowe is also one of the riders that would be on that list for me. Perhaps a Ben Swift. Um I feel like he's more of a Milano San Remo person because he always seems to get good places there. In um Cobble Classics, though. I'm interesting to see. I'm interested to see what they do with Laurence de Plus regarding um, his goals in 2021. Knowing that he has capabilities on the cobbles, do they use that for cobble races, or do they say, "No, no, 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 you're a super domestique. Go ahead and uh, become a super domestique." Outside of that, it's really hard to find too many riders. Owen Doe, he was it, good at. It's pretty, weak, it's pretty weak, huh? Like it's, it's not. It's not like when Quick Step, you know, like Kwiatkowski. I, I always talk about Kwiatkowski at Harrell Becker, but, you know, Kwiatkowski you could throw in these races and he'd kind of do okay. But, yeah, it's it's just the problem is Ghana. Are you putting Ghana in Tour of Flanders, Benji? Is he going to accept being put in that race where there's a high risk of crashing? And then in Par- let's combine this with Paris-Roubaix as well. Would you put is Ghana going to accept going there in an Olympic year, just months before the all important TT race, the race of the TT gold? I mean, do you think they'll take him? Do you think he'll want to go to Paris Roubaix? Because he didn't he win like Paris Roubaix Espoirs? Yes, he did. Um, the thing about 
those kind of riders is indeed that they need to find a balance between not risking too much, but also just riding races because they're getting paid to do so. And with the likes of Filippo Ghana, his all-out focus is going to be that Olympics. So obviously he's going to be like, well, Roubaix might be pretty dangerous for injuries, like you say. So yeah, I, I can't know what goes on in Ghana's mind, but if I was him, I'd be thinking, well, perhaps it's not worth the risk, knowing that he's able to do this in the coming years as well, where there's no Olympics. And because of that, I think that it's more likely going to point towards a, a non-compete for him. But if you look at the rest of the team, then who do you fill the team with? I and know. He, he would be their clear leader, right? Bias? He's got decent cobble history at the Koenig still back in the day, but it's nothing amazing either. Like Kwiatkowski, like you say, but is he going to focus on the Hill Classics instead and not the Gobble Classics? That's all a possibility. Do you fill it up with the likes of Leonardo Basso? Amador can do cobbles. That's a possibility. I'd love to see him do that, but Amador is also pretty great when it comes to domestiquing. So are you going to risk his domestique role for a, a cobble adventure? I'd do it because otherwise you don't have a team at the start of a cobble race. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah. really tough to fill an entire team with Ineos <laughs> at a cobble race at the moment. I mean, yeah, it's pretty clear Van Bala and Luke Rowe and Puccio and May and Basso, they're gonna be on the team. I mean, you can feel them there on the team list, Golas too. But then yeah, who's gonna be the out and out leader? Dull there. Yeah, Deplus, maybe. I would be taking Hater, see how he goes in a Hen Babelham, just see. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's too it's too much for the bigger guys and he needs some more climbing. But just you gotta take it. Young guy, he could impress. Like Kwiatkowski's not the biggest guy either. Maybe, and it might depend on what Kwiatkowski wants to do too. If I was Kwiatkowski and I'm not going to get the opportunity to go for a Tour de France stage win again this year, if all things go to plan, then, well, your only race opportunities are going to be in some of those semi-cobble classics or the Brabantse Pale, etc. Or, I mean, Kwiatkowski could win Paris-Roubaix. Like, he has the capability. There's no reason why he couldn't. Like, a lot of things would have to go right, and it's very unlikely, but... Like, if he dialed back the clock, it's possible. Um, but, yeah, they're the question marks for Ineos in, in the Cobble Classics, and we don't really know what's going through or going on with the discussions with them and Ghana. Ardennes races, and we can put Lombardia in there as well. What team, Benji, are you sending to Liège, Flesch, and Amstel if you're Ineos? I think this is a little bit easier for them, to be honest. I think so as well. And the... Um... The concept that we need to keep in mind is also that it's unlikely for any else to send GC leaders to their hill classics. I think that one of the riders I would send would be Kwiatkowski. I think he'd be well better focusing on hill classics than on the cobble classics, even though I enjoy seeing him on the cobble races. He didn't get too many years where he was able to fight for that aspect of cycling, and perhaps he needs a bit more of that, but I think I trust him more when it comes to the Hill Classics. The likes of Dunbar, again, don't know what his injury is, but I'd send them there. Sebastian and Owl, mm, I don't know. No, He's not you, his have brother. To, you have to take an Owl to the, to the yard ends, I think. Just, you yeah. gotta put, you're still got to put names on the team list. Yeah, that's true. When it comes to an actual all-out leader, then you start having trouble again because... You're starting to think about riders that are also GC leaders, and 
that's where the difficulty lies for me here. Egan Bernal is not going to focus on the Hill Classics. Carapaz likely not either. These riders could ride an LBL, but it's unlikely, knowing that it finished in Liège now these days. So that's unlikely. If you look at the rest of the team, Gagan Hart, I don't see him doing it. Then we have Daniel Felipe Martinez, perhaps, but I'm not sure that those kind of races all outfit him. I It should, though, on paper. He's got a bit of a punch in the last kilometer, and... I'd be daring to take the likes of a Martinez to a Hill Classic to test it out. Yeah, I'll take I him. I don't know what he'll do, though. Mm. Would he be good at the likes of a, a Flesh, you think? No, I think he's... I think he's better at Liège than a Flesh. I think he's good at just a long, hilly day, and he can just... Yeah. That's what he... I mean, the stages he's won, right, have been, like, hard races from the start, where mm -hmm. there's just long extended climbs, uh, the Dauphiné stage where stage five where he got Pino, and then the stage where he beat Camner in the Tour de France, and then some of the Vuelta. The, uh, he won Colombia, didn't he? And he's won stages there. Yeah. Anyway, I think Kwiatkowski's their clear leader. We saw in Imola that yeah, he's not the best. He maybe not at the level he was in previous years, but I still think he's clearly better than anyone else on this team in the Ardennes and I think they have to ride for Kwiatkowski and I think he deserves that given his commitment to riding as a domestique in the other races. I think Gianni Moscon is their second best rider in a race like Liège and, and but we don't know where his head's at. We don't I mean the guy the races last year it was a it was a train wreck. I know his father was very unwell but um I think that might have been after some of those races. It's just not been a great couple of years for him, but he's 26, and I still think he's the second best in those races. Pidcock, probably going to take him too. See how he, he goes in a flesh. See how he goes in Amstel. Um, you know, just see how he goes. Who knows? And, yeah, apart from that, Benji, <laughs> I don't know. I agree with you for Milano San Remo. It's going to be Ben Swift, and I think it should be Ethan Hayter too. Are you? Two what do you well? think about Adam Yates? Because well, Adam Yates is good at one-week races, and when, when it crosses one week, it becomes difficult for him. But he's always good at the um, one-week races with more hill-style races, more hill-style stages. I think UAE was the exception to that, but in previous years, the likes of Tireno and such, he was able to hold on on the more hilly parkours. And I think that Yates no, might right. be underestimated with Catalonia or, or those kind of races. Bay Vasco, I don't know what it was, but I remember in his history that those kind of races fitted him well. San Sebastian, he's won that before. Yeah. Fourth Catalonia 2019, that he kind came, of stuff. Fourth in he, Liege, yeah. He came fourth in Liege in 2019. That's not that long ago. And I agree, you, you can't protect every GC leader and say... You're not going to. You're going to have a protected schedule. Bernal, Carapaz, Thomas, Gagan, Hart. Yeah, sure. Sivakov. Okay, those five. But Adam Yates is going to have to get amongst it, and not all those guys can do well at the tour and the G, the Grand Tour. So they they want to. If I'm any else, I'm wanting to get my value for money by getting these guys I've signed results elsewhere too. So you're right, Benji. I think you send Yates to the Ardennes and he's shown he can do well at Liège. And I think Ineos will have a stronger Ardennes squad overall in 2021 than they did in 2020. Now, let's talk about their Grand Tour teams. Giro, 
I mean, I'm about to I'm about to have a hot take, Benji. I'm not taking Bernal to the Tour de France, and I take him to the Giro with Ghana and Dennis and <laughs> I don't know who else. And I, I send Carapaz, Gegenhart, and Port to the Tour de France with Thomas. So I, I, <laughs> I don't know if that's outrageous or whether it actually makes sense. I don't know if the Giro parkour has actually been released yet, so I might look stupid if it's got 150 kilometres of time trialling because Venue wants Ghana to win the Giro d'Italia GC. Um, but if it's got Stelvio-style stages... Like, if it had the same parkour as last year, then why wouldn't you take Bernal to the Giro? What's your take on that? I think that's not a bad take, actually. The only issue I see with that is the reputation aspect. It's in y'all's day, want the Tour de France as their main goal, and as a consequence, they're likely going to throw everything they have on the Tour de France and try and with the leaders that they don't trust fully for the likes of a Tour de France into other things. He's still a, a previous Tour de France winner in a year that the most difficult mountain stages were also semi-cancelled the last two. As a consequence, there was a lot decided by time trials as well with that Alaphilippe time trial. That was a hilly time trial though, so that changes things. I think now we've got way more time trial kilometers and also, in general, more flatter time trial kilometers. And because of that, it becomes harder and harder for the likes of Bernal. Bernal's not a bad tier, though, but he's not with the riders that are likely as competitors. If Roglic starts, which is extremely likely if he's in a healthy uh, condition, then he's not going to be able to compete with Roglic on a flat time trial. And the likes of Pogacar, we haven't spoken about that yet, but Pogacar... If he does what he did in the Tour de France 2020 again in the future in time trials, then he's going to be tougher to to handle for the likes of Negan Bernal in, in Grand Tours. And it kind of goes for the rest as well. We saw Carapaz do decent in the time trial for uh, for La Vuelta, but it also wasn't a an extremely top time trial by him, but he kept his grounds towards the riders that would normally bash his head in when it comes to time trials. So that is... Uh, that Again, is definitely it was, something. It was a hilly TT. It was still a hilly TT. Yeah. It was and still a hilly TT. Yeah, I think it's not just the Tour de France Planche de Belfi stage. Like Pagacha has shown, even the Slovenian champs ITT, I think he's going to replicate that level on the flat. I don't think it was a one off that he is a very, very Same. good time trialist. Nor Geraint Thomas, I think he is yep. well class on the flat as a TT rider. And up there with Pagacha as the second best or equal as the sort of GC TT riders in the world. Pagacha probably a bit better overall if we have a climb in the parkour. But on the flat, Dumoulin, Pagacha, Thomas, all pretty similar in my view. Um, But I think Olympics may not actually play as big a role in this because even if there is an enforced quarantine, that means you can't do the Tour and the Olympics. I think... That will just unfortunately mean that these guys can't do the Olympics. I think Bernal, Thomas, maybe Thomas might agree something different because Ineos yeah. can say, well, well, we've got other guys we can take. But if Ineos want Bernal to do the tour, Bernal will do the tour. Um, 
Same with Pergaccia and Roglic. They're not getting paid millions and millions of euro every year to go and skip the Tour de France or defend their title to ride for, yes, their country, but their country doesn't pay the bills. So just to put that issue to bed from my perspective. But who would you take to the Giro, Benji? I know we're, we're shooting in the dark here because uh, we don't know the parkour exactly, but just assuming the Giro parkour is something similar to last year. I think you would I think you would have to choose between Carapaz and Bernal. I um, am not sure who to go for because I think that they're relatively equal in time trial capabilities and in a non-injured year, Bernal is to me the better climber. The question is, can he come back from this injury at a proper level? Because it's not an injury that is just, oh, it's done. No, it, it, it's not that simple. It, it's something that will need to be reviewed after a few races and seen if if the injury is fully gone and whether he needs to change something uh, along the way, stuff like that. I think I would be sending... It highly depends on the Giro Paco, but I think I'd send Bernal to the Giro, like you say, or Carapaz. Like, it, it's really hard. The thing is, <laughs> I'm going to be picking... Can they do the double? I don't think... Well, I think that... Why don't you send them to both? Carapaz did the Tour this year and then backed up for the, for the Vuelta. And the racing of the tour was good for him, it seemed. Why not go yeah, Giro, Giro with Bernal as leader, Carapaz backup leader, and then reverse it for the tour? Yes, but if you reverse it for the tour, what are you going to do with the likes of uh, a Grain Thomas there as well? Because oh, no, but the they, for the tour, for the, tour, for the tour, they have to go. The only way they can beat Pog and Rog is with multiple leaders. They can't just go. They're yeah. not going to go to the Tour de France yeah. and say, "Great." Love the TT. It's where all our eggs are in Grant Thomas' basket. They can't do that because he's going to get gapped on the climbs by them. Yep. He might not even put that much time into Pagacha on the TTs, to be honest. And, like, I think they're going to be putting, like, a, a fair bit of time. I'm talking, like, even on stage two on the Muda Britannia, Roglic could put, with bonus seconds, time into like actual you know 10 to 15 seconds yeah. plus into thomas and multiply that across a few of the other stages etc then you got the actual genuine mountain stages so i think for the tour they got to have a multi-leader strategy that's why i say just like with sort of the giro last year i just would take i would take the t- i would take their big talented guys and i would take them to at least two grand tours during the year each and then hope that that talent rises to the top or hope that one guy's firing like because maybe maybe carapaz is firing in the giro and bernal's still working himself back into form but then maybe the doing the giros really helps him for the tour now maybe covid will will render what i'm saying irrelevant because i actually if you're playing it really safe for the tour you want to have all your riders stay in france do a french preparation uh, for the Tour de France and same with you know, you'd have your riders doing an Italian season with Torino and Milan San Remo and then the Giro d'Italia but Richie Port I think has to go to the Tour de France sorry was but Benji mark it down in your notes guys by the way Benji refused to give me a straight answer 
on who he would take to the Giro as leader so that y'all couldn't roast him and only I'd cop the flack for my hot take <laughs> in six months or five months, but didn't go unnoticed for me. I'm just going to write down in my notes here that he chose Brandon Rivera as their leader and <laughs> camp with Cameron Worth as the, as the backup. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the take. <laughs> but moving on to the Tour de France, again, I've already said it, Benji. You know, Do you disagree with what I've said about co-leaders being in their only option so they can try and one-two and attack Roglic? Because that's what I would do to Jumbo Visma, even if they got Roglic in yellow and they're looking imperious. If you attack them enough, that can quickly crumble and and look and all of a sudden they're not looking so strong. So yeah, well, how would you approach the tour if you're Ineos? Um, I agree with your co-leadership. I um, I'm not sure how you would balance that perfectly because if you go to the Tour de France with the likes of Thomas Ports, you've got Kagan Hart, like you said earlier, Carapaz, you've got perhaps a Bernal that comes off the Giro. If you do the Giro, then you've got five riders that could be a GC leader at a certain point. I think there needs to be some hierarchy in place for when things go south because you can't be in a mountain stage and just have five people on the same level because then you won't have anyone to respond because, yeah, the other three riders are going to be Luke Rowe. You're going to have Kwiatkowski, who will be domestique, and the third rider will be also a domestique that perhaps is a good domestique, but once it becomes an elite group and you've got the likes of a a Wout van Aert smashing the pedals in, a, in an elite group together with uh, Tom Dumoulin pacing for Roglic. I don't know, it's an example here. Or Micah for, yeah. on, a, on a proper mountain stage, Micah, who's been resting yeah. for three days for Pagacha. Then you need to uh, be able to make a decision on what you're going to do to react to that. You can't just sit up with five riders and expect one of them to fall through and then decide, oh, that guy's weak. Well, it's too late because he's dropped already, so he can't help you anymore. So there needs to be some hierarchy in place. I think that if you have a leader at the Giro, then he's likely going to be less of a leader at the Tour. So if you send Bernal and Carapaz to the Giro, then they're likely going to be more domestique in the Tour de France, in my eyes. And therefore, I wonder what they're going to do with Gegenhard because he won the Giro, yes, but... I don't have confidence in him as a GC rider after that Giro, and perhaps that's just me, but I think that I just, I just don't trust him to just be leader of a team like this yet. I, um, I need to see more, and I need to see more Grand Tours in which he can fight at that top Grand Tour GC elite group level to be able to see a, a potential future to the France winner in him. It so will you, obviously put, you put Sivakov over Tao Gagenhardt? I do. Uh, I put Sivakov over Gegenhard because I think Sivakov, in the form that he was before he crashed in 2020, was one of the best GC riders in the world at that moment. And I believe that he's got the abilities and he's proven already in, in Dauphiné last year that he can be up there with the elite guys. Whether he can do that in a full ground tour is yet to be seen. So I put Gegenhard a bit under Sivakov for that. I put Sivakov a bit higher. I think that Sivakov is more going to be the surprise of the season and not necessarily the rider that we expect things from. We shouldn't expect things from from Sivakov, in my opinion. I heard that he wanted to focus on the Olympics as well. I don't know under what flag he's going to ride because I don't know how that works these days with Russia having that that ban as well. So uh, we'll see how that works and we'll see what he focuses on regarding that Olympics then. But knowing that, 
I still have Gegenhardt and Sivakov initially as the initial setup under the likes of a Grain Thomas, who would be higher up. And I've said before that I don't trust Grain Thomas in Grand Tour GCs because one, he crashes a lot, and two, I thought his time trial was overrated last year, but I clearly was wrong on that aspect. Uh, I've already uh, ditched out a public apology of that last year to uh, all British fans. And um, He's not a top-level well, climber. That's the problem. Yeah, but he doesn't need to be for the Tour de France 2021, I think. There's yeah, one last stage. I think, I think the difference is, I think the difference between in his climbing is is problematic. That the yeah. enough that the TT is not enough because say say that say his TT nets out getting losing time on say Von two or whatever say the TT nets it out he's still going to be losing bonus seconds on Murder Britannia and other some of the punchy finishes maybe or even if he stays with the group in the mountain stages he's still going to lose bonus seconds to Pog and Rog if it if I mean we're just assuming based on well I'm assuming based on well, in 2020, and I think that means that he's he's great to have in the team. He's got those TTs, and he could be up on them after stage five, but he's going to get attacked later in the in the yeah. Tour de France, and that's why you need other guys. Danny Martinez again. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Me I'd probably take him to the Tour de France to be honest, because he's got an okay time trial. He's pretty good, the best Colombian time trialist. Tail Gegenhardt, yes, I agree with you. I think the Giro win was a bit of a mirage in the most unusual year ever, but I still think he is entitled to go to the Giro and defend yeah. that that title, but not be given outright leadership on the road, just like he wasn't at the Giro in 2020. In fact, they only started really seriously riding for him very late in the last week. I think their TT riders, Dennis and Gunner, will go to the Giro once again as preparation for the Tour de France, uh, preparation for the Olympics, pardon me, and they'll obviously be skipping the Tour because of, yeah, the TT at Tokyo. But, yeah, that's a lot of us speculating, and I think that's – I mean, I want to hear from you you all in the YouTube comments or send us a message yes, or, tw- sure. or tweet at us like – where do you see this team? Because still, I've tried to. We've tried to answer some of these questions about them, or say what we might do. It's difficult to say without a, a definitive Giro parkour. And then Reeve of Welter. Well, they'll just send whoever wants to go. I mean, to, in a normal season, in a normal season, Ineos at the Vuelta will just be like, who wants to go, and who who does it make sense for them? But okay, what do you yeah. think? Someone's going to target it. I feel like they need to send the youngsters again like every single team does when it comes to potentially having a first Grand Tour. You've got Carlos Rodriguez. He was good on Laguna Zanella uh, in Burgos in 2020, the stage that Evenepoel won. He ended up with climbers that are relatively decent, so the likes of De La Cruz and such. So uh, on paper, I'd be calling him for potentially giving an opportunity for him, but also I'd be thinking about the likes of a Pitcock for his first Grand Tour in Love Vuelta, and for the rest, I'd be looking at, Done well, well, someone that came of the Tour de France and perhaps was domestique there, but also Adam Yates, perhaps, because you've got less time trials in the Vuelta. He's not a terrible time trial, but he's also not a very good one. And as a consequence, I don't trust him in a Giro or Tour de France because of that. 
we haven't spoken about him regarding the Giro and the, and the Tour de France, and therefore I'm looking at La Vuelta, on which I believe he can achieve more. But the problem with Yates for me is always that three-week aspect. When it comes to races, he just he just is good in the initial aspects. He can hold on for quite a bit, but once it becomes a, a game of recovery uh, between stages, then it seems to become an issue for Adam Yates. And that's where I see his issue. But I think in La Vuelta, that is the ground tour that fits him the most on paper. That's a really good point. I think Tour de France as a domestique and then Vuelta as one of the uh, leadership options. I think that that's, uh, makes the most sense for Yates as well as some of the Arden races. And, and listen, if he if he's on form and it all clicks, he could get yep. their biggest results of the year. If he if he picks up a podium at Liège sure. or something, or I don't know, who knows what he could do, maybe a one-week World Tour-level race, and then he also wins La Vuelta. That's a, that's a very good return on – I'm not sure what they signed him to, but that would be really good. And he's capable of doing that. So, Benji, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Ineos in 2021, are they going to win more than the 19 races they won in 2020, including like seven Giro stages and the Giro GC? I think it's going to be hard to win more at the Giro itself. But outside of the Giro, I think they've got more of a wider field of big guns to compete with. The problem is that they're not too diverse on that. They can do well at a specific set of races, but good for them that that specific set of races is also the mo- the biggest part of the season. So I think they're going to win more than 19 races during the season. But I think that it might be carried a little by the time trialists as well again. The likes of Agana and such, he's going to win time trials throughout the season. That is going to deliver free wins for Ineos if he's on the form that we all expect him to be on. Dennis, he might be back at the top of time trial together with Ghana. And if he does that, they're going to get wins from that. And we're looking at Kwiatkowski for the Hill Classics, Adam Yates. I don't see them beating the likes of a Hirschiana and a Alaphilippe and such in those races. I I don't believe in that. I believe in second places, third places, fourth places in those races, though. So that's an option. When it comes to Grand Tours, I expect them to win at least one of them. I think it's most likely going to be I think it's most likely going to be Ah, oh, it's hard. <laughs> I want to say La Vuelta because I know that Pogacar is no, going never to do, all They never do well at La Vuelta when they send like the their random riders. Yeah, it's, but it's always been a disaster. Yeah. Mm. Like Froome obviously did yeah. well when he went, but they like when they sent Gagan Hart and De La Cruz and Co. I remember that was not no good. Yeah, but we got we got to keep in mind that Pogacar is gonna be one of the favorites again for the Tour de France with Roglic, and I find it hard to believe that one of the riders on Ineos will be able to compete with. <laughs> I can't believe you're disrespecting Carapath. <laughs> Man. Sorry for Aguar, but I I can't see him beat Pogacar on a on a mountain stage if Pogacar is into the France form of 2020. So that's gonna be troublesome. And Pogacar's getting older and is going to likely even grow a tiny bit again. You, you don't know that. He's gonna gain experience and that's going to play into his 
his style of writing. And better. we're not talking about Dewey here, but we're talking about the competition for Ineos. And I think it's going to be really difficult to win a Grand Tour for them. And with the likes of, uh, I don't want to say it, but Evenepoel in Grand Tours, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're talking about Evenepoel on a podcast about Ineos on Grand Tour stage. The man hasn't done a proper mountain stage in his career. Well, it's unlikely that he's going to be bad at them. It's likely that he's going to be good at them. And I would not put all out money about on him if he was at the start of the Tour de France on winning it. But he'd have a possibility of top fiving it, knowing the parkour. And if he was at the Giro last year, I hate to break it to people, but I really believe that he could have been on the podium of the Giro if he was there. And Mate, I think that... Would have won it by 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it because I'm Belgian and people are going to say I'm biased, but he would have won it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I your mean, turn. <laughs> we're going to get people accusing us of uh, a lot of bias. Obviously, I'm well known for being a doubter about Remco even a poll. Yeah, it's Ineos... It's weird, like they're they're the most they've got the biggest salary and the biggest money in the sport. I still like a lot of their riders. Like I know people don't like them as a team. I really like Carapaz. I like I want to see what Hater can do. Obviously Richie Port. I'd like to see. I mean I'm I'm hoping he gets an opportunity next year, despite what he's saying. Um, yeah, I like Egan Bernal. He seems like a nice guy too. Luke Rowe, I love seeing in the classic Sivakov. I'm really keen to see. What I disagree with, though, and why I don't think they're going to exceed their 19 wins of 2020 is because I don't believe Dave Brailsford when he says, we've changed philosophy now. I love just stage hunting and grand tours and just seeing what happens on GC. I think that was a bit of revisionist history because, A, Thomas crashed and they wouldn't have raced that way in the Giro had it not been for Thomas crashing. And then they're like, oh, Tal, see how you go, mate. And then he was up there and they're like committed to it late in the third week or in the third week. Also, if they had Pogaccia, if they had Prime Froome, they wouldn't be saying that either for the Tour de France. But the, the fact is they don't have the, on, the, the strongest rider on paper. They've got a a time trialist who's really up there in the TTs, who crashes a lot and probably isn't up there in the mountains. They've got high-altitude climbers. They've got an all-round good rider with a slight, slightly weak TT, Richard Carapaz. So they don't have that really dominant rider who they can just set up train for and, you know, crush the race. So that's why Brailsford was saying, oh, well, we're going to do things differently. So I think they will be more aggressive with multiple riders in the tour, etc., I don't think that will yield like numerous stage wins through going into breakaways, etc. But I still, and nor will it really help them in the Ardennes or the the Cobble Classics. And we've already detailed how they're going to struggle there. We think Adam Yates maybe could pick up three to four wins all at World Tour level, but uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to win over nineteen races next year. But um, but I could be eating I my heart. I think that one thing we need to keep in mind is those 19 victories. That is extremely low for Ineos in the last few years. And that is because obviously the COVID season was so condensed with lots of races being cancelled. So a lot of these race predictions with how many victories can they achieve will depend fully on the fact of are there going to be races that are going to be cancelled? How many compared to 2020? Are we going to see more races than 2020? Then it's obviously logically more likely for them to win 
more than 19 races if they've got more races to win. <laughs> so that's yeah. one of the aspects that we need to keep in mind a bit as well. I think we'll see about the same, really. And yeah. even if some of the smaller races are on, Ineos might be reluctant to send their riders to them. So, for example, in 2019, they won three three races in Australia at the Herald Sun Tour. That's obviously not on. At They had the Tour of the Yorkshire. Is that going to be on in 2021? I'm not sure. Tour of Norway. Maybe. These smaller races, are they going to be on? Obviously, I, I think the Grand Tours and the big ones are going to be on like in 2020. But I think we're going to unfortunately see a very similar race calendar this time in the correct order in 2021. I don't think we're going to have all the, the lovely smaller races. Um, now, maybe Hayter will clean up the full Italian season and then that yield six or seven, so I proved wrong in that respect. But, yeah, they won 26 in 2019, but that was padded, I think, from a lot of those races that I don't think will be on either. But this has been a round hour just about. We don't want to speak too much about Ineos because uh, – we get accused of i mean that they, they are the most interesting team i think from my perspective because of all the all the question marks but name benji the most unexpected thing you you think will happen from this team in 2021 the thing that no one so that you can look back and tweet about it when it happens and clip this part and say i am a genius when it happens and if it doesn't happen no one will remember that you said it Pavel Sivakov will be finishing second at the Tour de France in 2021. And um, yeah, he's going to be the best Ineos rider in the Tour de France. Gianni Moscon will podium a monument in 2021. It's not a bad take, to be honest. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, it's, it's like... Yeah. Uh, if he can refrain himself from throwing bikes beforehand, he's got an option. I feel like um, I'm wishing, yeah, I think that, I mean, he's got a really good chance of doing it, to be honest, if he focuses on Lombardia. Um, I'd probably be a top five favourite. I mean, full saying one at last. World Championships? World cha- I mean, yeah, World Championships is, is in Italy, right? Or is that European Championships? Bombers, man. Come on, dude. Oh, it's, yeah. It's in the best place on house. earth. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's at your house. Sorry, sorry. All right, I'm obviously <laughs> getting forgetful. Tweet at us or comment down below your hot take for what you think could happen with Ineos, for Ineos in 2021 so that you can get the massive kudos for it when it happens this year. Comment down below if you're surprised that Bernal is not being coached by Tim Kerrison despite what's happened in the previous year. And comment down below who you think is going to be their GC leaders for the respective Grand Tours. That's all from us. And we'll be bringing out another potty uh, team preview in the next couple of days. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 